You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Um, help me say hello to the person next to you. Right. Hello, yeah. Ask for their name. It's okay. If you don't know their names, ask for their name. If you know their names, ask for the, someone behind you. Just like, you know, Christians. Be like a chip. You know that girl's name. <laughs> All right. God is, God is good. My name is Idris. Uh, happy to bring God's word to us this morning. And I deeply pray that it will be useful to us. All right. We've been discussing uh, living a great life. Uh, could we celebrate Gabby? Where is she? Where is she? Let's celebrate Gabby. You know, such an awesome, awesome person. Thank you, Gabby. God bless you. God bless you. And if you have not shared your God experience, God is waiting for you. <laughs> Mosun has it. Please just shout out the name of anybody you know in this church that has a team money. Just all the people you know. Shout out your name too. <laughs> have you shared your God experience, my brother? Nathan, have you? You've not shared. No keyboard for you again. Huh? <laughs> but it's a huge part of our culture. A huge part of our culture, right? At life point, um, to share what God has done and is doing in our lives. All right. Good to see everyone. Okay, let's read out of Habakkuk chapter two, verse one to three. I was like Habakkuk. Is that in the Bible? <laughs> it's Old Testament. Pierre is going Old Testament today. <laughs> but Habakkuk, yes, is a, such a book. There is such a book. Um, uh, everybody knows Josh, right? Josh is our key, but he just got a new song out. <laughs> you need to go and find it, okay? You need to go and find it. And follow up his album is when? This week? Or upper week, okay. He's just been making lots of noise on social media, so we'll wait for that. Um, and we celebrate everyone who God is doing something through. Uh, you might think we don't know you. It's a fact, but God is doing all sorts of awesome things through everyone, and we we celebrate you, okay? Yep, so there actually is a book called Habakkuk. It says in chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord said, Answered him me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Um, help me look at the person next to you, tell him, wait for it, and tell them, because it will surely come. I don't think they heard you, so maybe look for the next person, the one on the other side, uh, and tell them, wait for it, wait for it, uh, and tell them it will surely come. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we've been talking about Jesus assuring us that there is a better life years ago, and today's sermon, I need to preach on a straight line, okay? So just help me. If you see that I'm moving to the left, just shout, focus, all right? I was just about to say better life and how there was better life for rural women and all that stuff. But I just need to stay, yeah, thank you. Just need to stay where I understand the line to be, yeah? All right? And Jesus says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He says, but that is not your life. That is not your life. He says, but I have come that you may have life and life in abundance. 
Uh, tell someone, that is not your life. That other one is not your life, okay? And we've, we've been talking about how, so all through this, we've been saying, it's a great life. There's a great life in Christ Jesus. Last week, I spoke out of Colossians and how Paul says, look, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. He says, the life I now live in this flesh is not Idris anymore. He says, but Christ who lives in me. He says, I live it by the faith of God's Son who loved me and gave his life for me. And so there is a deliberate attempt by God to point us to a different type of life. Um, the first week, I think we, we, we talked out of Matthew chapter 7 about building your house on the rock. The second week, we spoke about the fact that God will then, as you build your house on the rock, he will then begin to do a work in you. The Bible says in Colossians that that word will dwell richly in you and come to a place of overflow. And we talked about the concept of you being the chief and resident prophet over your life. And that God then gives you words to speak. It says life and death are in the power of the tongue. Okay. Uh, last week, I think we then know that whole recap with that black man talking. You guys all saw that. I don't have to talk about last week. Today, uh, we want to talk about vision. We want to talk about planning and the leading of the Holy Spirit. A vision is a picture of a revealed or desired future. Ever so often, God will have interactions with his prophets and he will say, what do you see? What do you see? What do you see? In Habakkuk, he says, write the vision, make it plain on tablets. He says, something happens when you have written the vision. He says, there is a running. He says that he may run who reads it. So the vision empowers us to run. The vision empowers us to run. Help me ask the person next to you, have you seen a vision? Do you have a vision? Do you have a vision? You know, do you have a vision? Okay. <laughs> the Bible says of Jesus that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. So you read Hebrews chapter 12. If you read from verse 1 down, it says, therefore, let us, it says, wherefore we're encompassed with such a great cloud of witnesses. It says, let us lay aside the sin that so easily beset and the weight, you know. And he says, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. He says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy. So he says, look, this is the way you should run. You should run by looking to Jesus. Get a vision and run. He says, because the Jesus who you are looking at when he was running his life, he says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. So the vision empowers us to run. The vision motivates us from the inside. What has this got to do with a great life? <laughs> the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, when he's about to go, says to the guys, hey, hang on. Another comfort is going to come. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit was meant to result in us getting new visions and the capacity to dream. So when we read through Acts chapter 2, verse 17 to 18, the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes down. And Peter, in a moment of just supernatural boldness, begins to talk about what is happening. And he begins to quote out of the book of Joel. And it says, and it will come to pass in the last days, says God, 
but I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. Help me ask the person next to you, have you seen a vision? Have you seen a vision? Have you seen a vision? Because it's not enough to come to church and to sing all the nice songs. The Holy Spirit upon you, you've received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And, you know, like I said, you now have this glorious language. Your tongues, you know, partly Chinese and Shakiri. And, you know, there's a mix all going on. That's fine. But have you seen a vision? Have you seen a vision? Because it's hard to hang around Jesus and not catch something. It's hard. I don't know if you've been with, and I know you're an important person yourself, but someone a bit more important than you. They exist, I assure you. You know? And, um, and sometimes when you go into, the, maybe like you went to a governor's office and you're just sitting down in the corner like you're your uncle or something. You know? You're sitting in the corner. You know, you, you stay there for one hour and you hear things. Maybe he picks up the call. Ah, president, how are you? Oh, really? That's what the VP did. He's a good man, sir. Oh, God bless you. You know, when you leave there, you catch some things. People who are not in the office don't know what you heard. We're going to sack that commissioner. Mm. You, know? you hear some things. It's hard to be around Jesus. It's hard to be around the Holy Spirit and not catch some things. It might not be clear at first, but you can start. You know, And I think people are generally ashamed of the fact that what... The, the things that they perceive as the Holy Spirit ministers to them are not perfectly clear. So they, they, they are restrained. They're not, but it's like a child trying to learn new language. It's only a fool who would laugh at a child who's learning English. You know, you say, ha, 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 look at how he's pronouncing. No. I mean, all of us, with our nice accents from all across the world, right, and speaking English so well, did not start like that. Oh, I know you can speak Queen's English, King's English, all the fancy ones. You did hear Gabby when she was speaking. I was just looking at her like, my God, I'm meant to go up after this. You know, this is what I'm really trying today. All right? But I didn't start like this. Oh, no, no. You, tell the person next to you, you didn't start like this. You didn't start. I know you, you can hear their English now, all clean and, you know, not, well, not all clean, cleaning, you know. <laughs> but it, is, it wasn't always like the, the, the person, whether you believe it or not, the person next to you at a point in time could not spell the word cat. I saw her could not at the time in her life. Could not spell the word cat. I saw her cat. Cat. Some of you, I mean, you know it. They were telling you, spell, spell house. 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 <laughs> house. But, you know, they flogged you, they loved you, they threatened you, they taught you over and over and over. And today you are using big English for us. Even with accent on top of it. You mix the accent. Sometimes Jamaican, sometimes English. <laughs> when it comes to spiritual things, you must be willing to grow. You must be willing to grow. The Bible says in Hebrews, it says, Strong meat belongs to those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to descend between good and evil. You must be willing to start from somewhere. Paul says, we know in part. You hang around the Holy Ghost, new visions come. In John 16, 13, when Jesus speaks about the Holy Ghost, he says he's the spirit of truth. He will teach you all things. He will bring you into all truth. 
Paul, speaking about him in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 12, says he will reveal the things that have been freely given unto us of God. Help me ask the person next to you, what are you running with? 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 The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18, it says, where there is no vision, it says the people perish. It says, but he that keepeth the law happy. See, one translation says, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. And in summary, they just do what they want. And the vision is written down. So, you know, so we don't forget it. And God begins to speak to the prophet. He says, look, write this thing down. Interact with it more than just in your mind. <laughs> the vision empowers us to run. And the Holy Ghost comes upon us. When I was a bit younger, and this is not it's a real story, it's a good story. It's okay, don't, don't shout at me yet. When I was a bit younger, my, my understanding of what the Holy Ghost you know, will do to a man is when he was in the meeting, people just fall down. And I, so as growing up as a Christian, I really wanted to be in one of those meetings where I just looked at this side of the room and just, and they just precisely all on this side fell down. When I look at this side and just all be just shaking, like I'm coming to you. Then you middle, let's go. And I, I, I saw, I saw, and I honestly, and the days will come, the days will come when we will be in the service and the Holy Spirit will be here, and you'll see all sorts of things. But I used to always wonder that when these people hit the ground. When they came upstairs, when they woke up, what had changed? You know what I mean? Of course, God had flawed you with his love, his power, fantastic. But what changed? I mean, we know for a fact that our country is overdue for a vision. I mean, we've, we've successive generations have grown up on a vision of uh, the vision but the last generation has. It's just a country with a national cake to be shared. And we're waiting. That's the truth. We're waiting for the articulation for a vision for our country. Because it's partly the reason why, you know, you are, you know, by the side, you are always checking out Canada immigration, other things. Because you're like, my God, I don't know where this ship is going. Just in case. Tell the neighbor, our vision is coming. Our vision is coming. Tell them, wait, wait a little. Wait a little. Uh, wait a little. Except God has told you to go. But I need to focus. You know, except God is pulling you to just relax. Relax. The Holy Spirit comes upon people. They get a vision. The Holy Spirit comes upon people. They get a dream. Um, August 28, 1963. Just before Fulusha was born. <laughs> on the steps of Lincoln Memorial uh, one of my older brothers Martin Luther King <laughs> delivers <laughs> and you can check we look alike yeah. delivers okay it's alright I know you're you know, find out that him. it's okay relax delivers a, an, a, a, a such a passionate speech and you know the gentleman you know that when you, you read that speech when you listen to him talk you realize that he had been hanging out with the Holy Spirit. Because in the middle of the speech, he's quoting Bible. He's, you know, and one account says he 
progresses from a prepared written speech and there's a gentleman by the side, I can't remember his name, who is telling him, you know, tell them about the dream, tell them. And some time, one time he just goes off and he just begins to say, I wish I, I wish I could read it out. But he begins to say, you know, things like, I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and leave out the true meaning of his creed. Words that we hear, you know, years after and it still rings a bell in our We're not Americans, though. We're not American, but when he's saying those things, you know, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of the brotherhood. I have a dream that even in the state of Mississippi, a state, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. You can still hear the sounding and the echo of a vision that the Holy Ghost has birthed. When it gets to that line where he's talking about, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin or, the, or by the content of their character. We're not Americans, but we're like, yes! We have that dream too, you know? The Holy Ghost, he's quoting Bible. He's, he's, a, he's a born again preacher. He's quoting Bible. Help me ask your neighbor, what have you seen? What have you seen? So, a great life, the Holy Spirit comes upon us, bets all sorts of vision. I keep on saying that the vision that a Christian has has to be Christ centered. I believe this is how it works that you start to you look at God. It says, I will set myself upon the rampant. So you are looking at God. You are positioned looking at God. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, it says, we all uh, beholding us in a glass, the glory of the Lord have been transformed into that same image. We're, we're looking at him. It's in him that we live and move and have our being. We're look so you're not just receiving stuff that is, that, is, that is, you know, random. You are receiving Jesus-centered stuff. The Bible says a man, when people don't have a vision, it says they cast off restraint. It says it leads to destruction. How does... So that's a vision on one side. What is a plan? What is a plan? I said that a plan is anything, the things we have to do between the vision and the manifestation. The things we have to do between the vision and the manifestation. And I know that there are some of us who believe that planning is carnal. Planning can be spiritual. And spirit-led. Planning can be spiritual and spirit-led. In fact, I believe that planning is an act of faith. Planning is an act of faith. <laughs> when we plan, we express our hope. Okay? The Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. I think we live through life too quickly sometimes because you do not realize that there was a day when there were no planes. Someone planned. Someone caught something. Planned. Did it. Look, eh, this place we're sitting, they were, if you'd come here, what, 30 years, 40 years ago, right? Absolutely nothing. All, 40 years ago, right? Fully sure? 40 years ago. I'm just saying, 40, all through this access, nothing. Absolutely nothing. 
even God makes plans. The Bible says, it talks about the Lamb of God that was crucified before the foundations of the earth. God makes plans. I don't think you are more spiritual than God. Because I'm just very spiritual. Oh no, I don't do planning. No, 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 no plan. Planning, planning is for carnal people. I just live, say, I'm like, I'm as moved by the, by the wind, by the wind. When I wake up, you say, Holy Spirit, how do I go? How do I go? I just go, no. God, when you see him interacting with the people of Israel, sometimes 400 years in advance, he's telling them it will be like this, like this, like this. What do you think prophecy is? Ah, he's God telling you his plans. He's, that's what it is. The fact that the man is shaking when he's doing it doesn't change it. It's God telling you his plans. So why are you, child of God, not planning? Look at the person next to you. Why are you not planning? Why are you, why are you not planning? In fact, look at the guy next to you who has been asking you for number. Ask him, where are your plans? <laughs> where are your plans? Where are your plans? Planning is an act of faith. <laughs> planning is an act of faith. Okay, let me look for trouble today. No, uh, <laughs> you know, when I see, a, and I think there's a point about it, when I see a single guy come to a shop, I'm not shaking tables, I'm just standing on one. <laughs> I'm buying condoms. <laughs> He's planning, Abby, because he has a vision. Hmm. If you're a single guy, you have one in your pocket. Don't just leave it there. When you're going home, you will leave it somewhere. But, <laughs> nervous laughter. <laughs> but you know, it, it's interesting. And I've always had it in my mind. It's like, why would you do that? B because you trust God that you're going to live a particular life. Yet you are planning another type of life. You know, they tell you that when we, if we see the ingredients you are buying, we can tell what soup you are trying to cook, Right? Yeah, yeah. If I'm buying a goosey, what else do we use for a goosey soup? Water, <laughs> stoves, and all that stuff, you know, heat. Um, guys, help me. <laughs> Bread and all that, yeah. We know what you're trying to cook. So if we look at what you are planning, we can tell what vision you have. Ah, I'm telling you. I tell people, this guy, he waited. 6 p.m., he didn't call you. 7, he didn't call you. 8, he didn't call you. 9, he didn't call you. P.m., he didn't call you. A.M., he didn't call you. 10, he didn't call you. 11 p.m., he didn't call you. 11.45, hi, baby. No, baby. <laughs> it's a plan. And you know, he did it once. You thought it was a mistake. I was just tired. I just woke up. I caught. It's a lie. The next day, he does it again. He does it again. I tell you, block him, block his father, his sister, his mother. Everybody. Because he's seen a vision, and that vision is not from God. Paul was a planner. He would say to the church in Corinthians, it says, therefore, 2 Corinthians 1, 17, therefore, while I was planning this, did I do it lightly? Or the things that I plan, 
do I plan according to the flesh? The Holy Spirit comes upon us. We receive visions. We're looking to God. God begins to show us new pictures. And then we begin to plan. And then we begin to plan. And then we begin to plan. Someone says, but Idris, I don't know how to plan. What happens is you start with the wisdom that you have. You start with the wisdom that you have. The Bible says Jesus has become unto us the wisdom and the power of God. So you begin to plan based on the wisdom you have. And one thing I love about the Holy Spirit is that he corrects us. He corrects us. You, it's, it's when somebody is doing something, you can correct them. Yeah. Acts chapter 16, the 6 to 10. The Bible says, and when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. What? How? They were going to preach the word. He said no. And after they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Holy Spirit would not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel. They were corrected by the Holy Ghost. And you know you're in a place where God is not correcting you. It's because you are not planning. You are not trying. A great life receives the power of the Holy Spirit gets visions. He's focused on God, gets visions, and begins to plan. Begins to plan. A couple of things. Just, just a couple of thoughts. Um, on Thursday, we spoke about leaving out of a place of rest. The message is going to be on SoundCloud, so you can get that. One thing that is fundamental to receiving vision and planning that is anointed, led by God, is yielding your life, control of your life to God. I, I, I thought we spoke about this extensively on, on Wednesday. The Bible says wisdom starts when you reverence God. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. It starts when you say you are God and I am not. On Wednesday, I was saying, why, are we, why do we so often struggle with God for the steering wheels of our lives? Why? <sighs> I, um, I say to someone how that a, a number of us do not realize how that we think trusting God. I say on Wednesday, we think trusting God is automatic. It is not automatic. You have to develop your trust in God. I think in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul says, Him whom you trusted after you came to know the word of truth. So you have to invest in your trust in God. The people here, a number of people in the front said, I know them personally. But I trust them at different levels and for different things. And it comes from my knowledge of them. I mean, I, 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 I realized very, very recently that 
me, it takes me a bit to, it's, it's taking me a lot of learning from God to be able to trust God and let him lead me. So, you know, my temperament, I'm, I'm a bit melancholic. When I say a bit, I'm not, that's, that's lightly. I'm melancholic, right? And melancholic people are the ones who like to solve everything in their head. And so if you have not finished solving in my head, no action. Not, we just think, so, so people who wake up in the morning, they've already determined that this is how, ah, no, this day is tough. Oh. Ah, there will be traffic already. Ah, my boss is coming. Ah, and by the time you call him at 7 o'clock, they're already sad. Like Jonah, God says, go here. And God says, I will go, they will not repent. This time, a bad prophet. I'm not going, God. I'm not going. I'm not doing this. I'm not having this. God, <laughs> just go. He said, I'm not having. I know how this is going to work. It is melancholy people live in their head they, to trust God. Let God lead us. Choleric people, on the other hand, are action like Saul. So, which prophet? Wait for which prophet? Let's kill them now. Kill them. Kill them. You know, they they they're like action people. Again, tough to wait for God. Tough to no God. Speak to me now, God. Called you twice. <laughs> Everybody say, I called him. I called him. Now, what happens when you then have a mix? Because people then have a so you have a male call. Is that you're both spontaneous and structured. So God is, is trying to hold you. are just doing like this. Some days you've done 10 things. God's like, what's, what's doing this child? The other day he's saying, move, move. And you know, it's a and we need to understand that we need to get to the place. And I suspect it's a daily thing. So Jesus will say on a daily basis to take your cross. It doesn't mean wear jewelry. Mm-mm-mm. You know what cross is? No, I mean it doesn't mean wear jewelry with a cross on it. I have one. I wear. That's not what he means. He means that every day when you wake up, you need to say, Father, not your will but mine. Because the one you said yesterday has finished. So when you were sleeping, something went there. To yield to God. It is why worship is so desperately important. On a daily basis. On a daily basis. So haven't yielded your life to God. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3. It says in all your ways know and acknowledge and recognize him. He will make your way straight and smooth. Haven't done that is to pursue the Holy Spirit like he's your number one priority. Don't forget how visions come. The Holy Ghost will come upon you. He says, my sons and my daughters will see new visions. How do I pursue the Holy Spirit? Like my number one priority. It's about investments. Your time is one of your most important resources on the earth. And I say, look, how much of that time do you invest and devote to God? How much? We talk about sharpening what we call spiritual sensitivity. There are people who call me and I, it doesn't matter whether their number is blocked. I, they don't, when they say hello, it doesn't matter what number they use. I know who is calling. The people who call you and you can immediately tell on the phone how they are. Yeah? You, you can, ah, Pam, what's happening? You don't sound happy. Yeah, no, it's fine. But you know, and I know, and Pam, I know you. You don't sound, this is not your normal voice. You don't sound happy. And you know that boy in the choir. 
Say, hey, I knew it. I knew it. Talk to me. Share with me. Can you, can you, can you invest in your work with the Holy Spirit? Can you hear God's voice? Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. It says the voice of a stranger they will not hear. Can you devote portions of your life to hearing God's voice over and over and over again? I remember this morning, I stopped somewhere to pick up something. They were playing loud music. And I was telling the person who had taken me there, I said, if, I, if they don't reduce this volume, when I get to church, I might start saying this thing that these people are saying. Because the voice was, it was um, if I offend you, if I, and I thought it was consistent with scripture, forgive me, I can't remember the whole, you know. But, but it's amazing, Not, which, is, which is why, <laughs> focus guys, focus. <laughs> no, no, but, but which is why the voices that you let fill your heart are important. Are important. <laughs> Paul will say in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 to 19, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Would you give God a chance? To give you a vision. Would we give God a chance so that He would fill us with the Holy Spirit? And I love the word feel. Feel is feel. It's you know, Paul says here, do not take the Holy Spirit in small shots. Don't take all this measured measure. No, no, no. You know when you've taken wine, alcohol. But it gets to a place where you begin to, from what I hear, <laughs> you begin to see differently. You see roads where they are not. Sometimes you believe that you can fly. And someone say, recent experiment, just speaking about last night, you know what I'm talking about. You, you know, help me tell the person next to you, you have drank enough alcohol already. For this year, you've already drank enough alcohol. Mm. But if I tell the person next to you, you have not drunk enough in the spirit. Because what happens is that Paul says you get to a place, and I'm not bashing, when we talk, the day will come in this discussion, we'll talk about this whole alcohol something, how many, what, we'll just have a discussion about, in fact, one day, we'll have a discussion about life. That day I won't bring notes. I'll just sit down, talk about this great life. Because I say to the leaders on, on when, Tuesday, and I'm saying, I'm beginning to get tired of Christians that have secret lives. Like, no more. So we just talk about it properly and understand what, what's happening, right? But Paul says, when you fill yourself with the Holy Spirit, that it gets to a place that you overflow. I say that praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, is not optional for a Christian. Praying in other tongues <laughs> is not optional. There's, there is something about the level of intimacy you have with the Holy Ghost 
that begins to bet new pictures, new dreams. You pray in the Spirit and oftentimes you come to this place of peace. I've thought about this before, how that getting to that place of peace as you pray in the Spirit is not the end in itself. But that it is at that place that you need to press on in God and begin to get clarity. So now your mind is clear. Now your heart is clear. That is when you begin to have a conversation indeed with God. How do I know when I am drunk, filled with the Holy Ghost? Oftentimes, we look for just manifestations like I was saying earlier. But it's more than that. It's when you look at your capacity to receive and give love, for example. And you begin to realize, my goodness, I am not the person I used to be last week. Why am I letting all these people pass in traffic? Why am I so nice? I remember during the 40-day fast earlier this year. And there were some things that would happen to me. And I was just like, ah, I'm truly fasting. You know? Because I was surprising myself. You get to a place where, because I believe that love is one of the strongest outputs of the, of the working of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. It's not even the ability to prophesy or say something or know something, but just the ability to bring out of your heart boundless love. Boundless love. You, you need to come to the place where you are pursuing the Holy Spirit as your number one priority. Whenever you fall in love, we do amazing things. Amazing things. You, you know what you just, you know how you just, you just, you, you, you just talk on the phone for three hours. You will say goodbye ten times. You just be talking. Praying the Spirit for 15 minutes. 15 minutes for what? Sir? What is it? What? What's that? What's that about? This guy you are on the this girl you are keeping on the phone for three hours. She might just be acting out of kindness. And it happened before. You've done three hours. You you saw it, you saw on Instagram. She got married last week. I yield my life to God. I feel myself with the whole. I feel I let God fill me with the Holy Spirit. What is empty Christianity? It's one Paul says we have a form of godliness we deny the power thereof. He says do not be drunk with wine wherein it is excess but be filled with the spirit. But be filled with the spirit but be filled with the Spirit. <laughs> I've done all that. It's to come to the place where I believe in the God of all possibilities. One of the things that happens with continued exposure to the Holy Spirit is that it helps to break the limitations of our mind. Because sometimes God wants to give you instructions for your plans. But Jesus will say to them, 
He says, I have so much to tell you. He says, but you cannot bear it now. It means that for some people, our minds are in such a frame that divine information and revelation cannot settle just yet. So God is trying to tell you about a nation, but your mind is still thinking about um, about a party. God is trying to tell you about a company, but your mind is still thinking about a job. God is trying to tell you about a generation, but your mind is still focused on the pain. He's trying to tell you about the future, but your mind is still focused on the past. He's trying to tell you about a prince, but your mind is still focused on someone who walked away. And as the Holy Spirit settles in us, he begins to tell us of God. He begins to tell us of God's things. You begin to find out that your mind, for lack of a better word, begins to stretch. You begin to, I, and this is just even, you know, I mentioned this one day, how, you know, we're, we're at work, you know, uh, and, and we're talking through, so I, I was in finance, and we're talking through deals, and you're sitting down in London, we're you know, negotiating with some bankers, and I remember looking at my colleague, because we had been talking all day about raising, I don't know, a couple of hundred million dollars. And I took a pause and I'm like, ah, these hundred million dollars we're talking about like this. I'm serious. I looked at him and like, we've been talking about hundreds of millions of dollars. Very, You know, you get to a point where it's just casual. Yeah? It's just, it's just casual. You just, it's hundred million dollars, you know, 50 million dollars. <laughs> Your mind has stretched stretched. Sometimes when they say billion, your mind doesn't hear it. <laughs> billion. Because sometimes what we do with the minds that we have is that we reduce divine revelation to our immediate capacity and then we accept it. So God sends you a billion, you remove zero, 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 zero. So that's ten million. Mm, you remove two more zeros. Thousand. Say God wants to give me a thousand. God says no. That's not what. That's not. That's not what I said. So the Holy Spirit is looking to hold people's minds. He's, he wants to stretch it. Isaiah chapter fifty-four, verse two to three says, "Enlarge the place of your tent, and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you shall expand to the right and to the left." And your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. We're going to end about, you know, talking about Abraham. But you know that there are some contracts that they want to give out that they don't call people like Julius Beggar for. They don't. There's some, you know, you want to build one tiny thing. You, just, no, you, don't, you don't call Julius. You know, even if you go there, you just say, oh, very nice. We will, uh, we'll get back to you. Get back to you. Because as the Holy Spirit does his work in the life of a believer, 
certain things begin to drop in your heart. And it's not about, trust me, it's not about how men measure size. This is about God. Certain things begin to drop in your heart. He begins to show you... Certain things begin to drop in your heart. I believe that we must plan according to the size of our God. In fact, there's one thing not to make a plan. It's another thing to only make a plan according to the size of your current mind. So making notes, I said, look, what three things? What three things will I say, Idris, I am currently engaging with God on that are outside the scope of my reasoning and outside the scope of my immediate resources. I know you might even have a plan, but we can reference that plan to everything in your life. When I finish NYSC, I will go and get a job at company X and Y because the chairman of company X and Y is my neighbor's uncle's brother. And that day he came, he smiled at me and said, Samuel, I will give you your first job. When I get that job, I will marry Funke in multimedia because Martins told me that Funke likes me and me, I like Funke. We will live in Aja. We will move after three years to Lekki One. <laughs> then, you know, you have plans. But those plans are referencing you, your current resources, where you have been. But the Holy Ghost is trying to shake you. He's trying to stretch your mind. He's trying to let me in. He's saying, I'm speaking about a billion. What plan of a thousand are you having? Help me ask the person next to you, what are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying? Let's put this down. Let's put this down. In Genesis chapter 15, verses 5 to 6. Holy Spirit, thank you. You know, one of the most important visions a Christian must have is that vision of heaven. Because it, there are certain plans you make based on the fact that you have a vision of heaven. The Bible says, I think it's the first John, it says, he that has this hope in himself purifies himself. So what, what happens is that once we have a vision in our hearts, we put our hands on, we do something. But Genesis 15, verse 5. The Bible says, Then he brought him outside, Abraham, and said to him, Look now towards heaven, and count the stars, if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. The next verse says, And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted to him for righteousness. God says to Abraham, let's go outside. Sometimes, if you are, you know, if, you, if you've been around a bit, when things are, an argument is getting to, say, look, let's take this outside. Let's take this outside. Let's take this outside. Tell the person next to you, let's take this outside. Let's take this outside. 
And so sometimes this whole experience with the Holy Ghost is about us taking it out. Let's take it outside of your mind. The Bible says when we pray in the Spirit, it says we step out of our own understanding. Peter, if it be you, Master, bid me come. He steps out of the boat, out of his understanding, out of comfort, puts his leg down. When he resumes with his understanding, he begins to sink. So God is saying to someone, would you step out of your history? Let's take it outside. Abraham, let me expand your mind a bit. He's saying to someone, would you step out of your pain? Would you step out of your lineage? Would you step out of what people said? Would you step out of your mystics? Would you step outside of your mystics? Would you step outside of your calculations? I believe <laughs> that God is calling us to live his life. I don't know what you have calculated as the outcome of your life, but you have to do the math all over again. All over again. All over again. I'm daring someone to make plans this week. Scripture in Habakkuk says, I will set myself upon the rampart. I will to hear or to see what he would say. He says to write the vision and make it plain. That you would take a piece of paper, you would take your notepad, you would take something and just begin to write. My Reverend Sam, you say something. That how the longer time you spend, the longer time you spend in planning, the better the plans that you make. There's someone who's saying, "Needs I've come to the end of myself. I feel no motivation," and some of that is just because you have not yet opened up yourself to the Holy Ghost and received vision. I like us in this service this morning to pray in the Spirit. To worship God. As we do that, different prayers will come in the hearts and the minds of God's people. For someone, you are just simply saying, God, take my whole life again. Someone, you're saying, Lord, I don't know this whole being filled with the Holy Ghost business, but I'm willing to give it a shot. Someone, you're saying, Lord, this is my mind. This is where I'm at. Would you stretch it? Out of Isaiah chapter 54, we'll also pray. But it is such an important prayer. The one who lives in you, the Bible says, Christ in you is the hope of glory. There is glory all over your life. So if you don't mind, would you just, where you are, you can sit, just pray in the Spirit for a couple of, for a minute or two. Just pray in the Spirit. If you don't pray in the Holy Ghost, it's very simple. Just lift up your hands and say, Father, would you baptize me with the Holy Spirit and say I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and right where you are, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. This couple of minutes, three, five minutes of prayer are extremely important to us. Because the Bible says the Holy Spirit will come upon us it says, and we will dream dreams. We will see visions. We will dream dreams. We will see visions. There is someone God is saying, would you step outside? Would you step outside? Would you just pray in the spirit, please? Would you just pray in the spirit? 
says, I know you have, you, have, you have felt things. Abraham, I know they've called your wife barren. I know you have gone past the place when a man should expect a child. I know you thought you made a mystic. I know they said unprintable things about you. I know you think it's your fault. He says, but step outside. Step outside. Step outside. Come on, church. Let's pray in the spirit. He says, I am the God of all hope. Step outside. Great life, great vision, great plans. Someone needs to begin to ask God, Lord, give me a new vision. Lord, give me a new plan. Lord, give me a new vision. Lord, give me a new plan. He says, I will instruct you in the way that you should go. Could you pray one more minute? Pray one more minute. Lord, fill us with your spirit. If you will, please take the hand of someone next to you. Look for someone who is willing to pray. Look for someone who is willing to pray. Look for one or two people who are willing to pray. Would you pray that God will make a way in their hearts, in their minds? Would you pray that God will fill them with the Holy Ghost all over again? Would you pray that God will fill us with the Holy Ghost all over again? Le paragatanda mare brondo malakai. Eh, le pande ne parabracatalabash. E bocoto le pregadesh. Would you ask that God will show them the stars? Hey! Would you ask that God will take them outside? Yeah, calebondo new dreams, new visions. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Would you pray that wherever vision had died, wherever hope had died, 
it will come alive again in the name of the Lord Jesus for someone the well of creativity opens all over again new dreams new visions new dreams new visions new dreams new visions Lebaran, new dreams new visions God make a way. Lembarana makarebosh. Ekelebosh. Ekembore barabakareberebosh. But you did it. Ekelebosh. You made Lastly, this morning, I'd like you to please pray for yourself. What one thing, what two things, Lord, would you like me to engage with you on that are bigger than my current state of reasoning, that are bigger than my current set of resources, but have no reference to anything in the... What, what, what thing? Someone just needs to... So it's a good way to do this is you can pray in the spirit, you can worship, but then you need to talk to God and say, Lord, I am available... I am available. It says, he says, I and the children you have given me are meant for signs and wonders. Lord, my life is available. My life is available. What one thing? What one thing? Lord, I am here. So it doesn't matter what people said about you. It doesn't matter what you have tried before. It doesn't matter where you've been before. I just ask you to ask God and say, Lord, where would you like us to go with this life? Hey, Lord, will you give us new pictures? So you want to worship, you want to pray in the spirit. I don't know what you want to start with, but I want you to ask God. Someone God is saying, let me take the wheels. Leave the wheels alone. Leave the wheels alone. Press into God, press into God, press into God. Forget about the person on your left and on your right. I am bigger than this. I am more than this. I serve the God of all possibilities. Press into God, church. Take another minute. Let him best hope afresh. I believe that God is giving us new pictures. He's putting thoughts in people's minds. He's reminding you of a prophecy. He's reminding you of a plan. He's reminding you of the nod he had put in your heart 13 years ago, 11 years ago. He's calling back things. He's calling back. I'd like you to just take this minute. I'd like you to just take this minute and just, just lean on God. Just lean on God. Father, you are bigger than what people say. You are bigger than what men have known. You are big. He says, how can you then think? 
And what I want to do in your life is a small thing. <laughs> he says, have you looked at the earth? Have you looked at the mountains? Have you looked at the rivers? He says, when did I do it in a small way? for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.